Hey, everyone, just a quick one. So the interview you're about to listen to with Kurt talks a little bit in the early stages about real estate agents, but I really want you to, if, you, if you're not a real estate agent, I really want you to, to keep listening because there's some really top tips that he comes up to in terms of questions to ask yourself. Keep listening to the whole interview because even the last question, question seven, there's a couple of real gems there. Cheers. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. I'm Tom Poland, yet again, beaming out to you from the Sunshine Coast in Australia here, joined today by Kurt Uller. Kurt, g'day, mate. How are you? Where are you hanging out? Yeah. I'm hanging out in North Georgia today. North Georgia. And I believe this is your, your second home, your lodge, which is two hours from where you live, which is where do you normally hang out? Where do you, where's... Normally hang out just, uh, just north of Atlanta, Georgia, in the States. Sounds like a fabulous setup. And folks, the reason that Kurt enjoys such a fantastic lifestyle for him and his family, you're about to find out some of his secrets because he's a globally recognized marketer. He's a business operator, which is very different to someone who simply acts as a consultant, hands-on. He's also a well-recognized and in-demand speaker. He's built and run businesses from startups to over 500 million annual revenue, assembled teams across six continents. Didn't even know there were six. <laughs> He's been part of the small team leading an IPO, which is a launch, which generated 880 million. And he's participated in dozens of acquisitions. So this is gonna be a real interesting. Thanks, Kurt, for being here. The title today is How to Thrive in the Influence Economy Using Influencer Marketing. So our seven questions is going to start now, sir. Question number one is, who is your ideal client? So in the past, I have worked across many different technology fields, but now I tend to be very focused on marketing consultants and agencies that work in real estate or they work in other industries and they've stayed away from real estate because they find it to be really difficult. And so whether it's those that are focused in it now or those that are shied away for one reason or another. Thank you for that. What, what would you say is the problem you solve? How do you define that? Well, so often when I talk to uh, marketers that have looked at working in real estate, especially those that are building websites, they, they give me a response. They go, God, real estate agents, realtors are just difficult and they're just painful clients to work with. Because of that, they've struggled to try to maybe work through one or two clients or not being able to have it. That problem then ends up being thing is that, like, it's really, not only is it a really good niche to go into, it's also highly lucrative if you can deliver because so many people stay away from it. And they're they're just locked because they think it's a client's business and, and not their own. Thank you for that. Let's, let's take someone who would be an ideal client of yours. Question three is, what's going on in their business or their life that are kind of the symptoms that would give them a heads up that they should be reaching out and talking to you? Well, in some cases, I mentioned they, you know, they, they've started to work with a real estate client and it was just extremely painful. And you know, if they're going to build a website, which is kind of that digital hub, especially the influence economy, anything online marketing, it might've taken them even five times, 10 times the length that it would normally take them to build that site for them. So they, they shy, they, they, they won't even talk to the clients. They want to return as the, you know, potential clients in some cases, but often in, in other cases too, they'll, they'll struggle with it. They'll build it. They make decent money still from it but they're not able to find that inflection point. So they're building one or two, three sites kind of in real estate when they could easily, even just as a solopreneur, they could be building a dozen to two dozen on a monthly basis if they figured it out. And not right. just figured out like the technology stack, but figured out what the agent's really needing today. So what, you? I mean, you deal with people that are, you know, aspiring to do something like what you've done in terms of achieving results. 
So and what I'm saying is that they're assertive people. They're going to be trying things. Question four, four and a half minutes left. Question four is, what would you say are some of the common mistakes that people make? You know, they're trying to grow, but before they find your solution, what are they doing that's just never going to work? They often think that they're right in their own businesses, not just like with, I mentioned like those real estate clients, they haven't been able to grow through the problems they're having, whether it's onboarding real estate clients, growing their, their, their marketing agency, or even just growing their business operation wise, because they think they're right. And the example I give is like, I literally wake up every day and I just tell myself, I know I'm wrong about three things in my business today and probably two or three things in my marriage today. And I know that because looking back over history, repeatedly in both personal life and work, there are things that happen where as an angel investor, I maybe wrote multiple checks to a company or something in operations where I've been doing something for six months or three years. And I thought I was right the whole time until something happened that made me realize I was wrong. And it was Wiley Coyote out over the cliff. There's nothing behind all of me. And I realized I've been writing this check to this company where for an angel investment that was stupid. Looking back, it was dumb. I should have known it then. Or the reason my business wasn't growing, I thought I was right the whole time. And I wasn't humble enough to admit, gosh, I was wrong. And maybe the problem is me. Hmm. Fabulous. Thank you for that. Three minutes left, sir. Let's let's flip this now. We, we've we've sort of talked about who you serve and what their issues are, common mistakes. What would you say is a, a step forward for folks? Question five is what's what's one valuable free action that someone listening to this could could take? It's not going to solve the whole problem, but might take them a step in the right direction. Yeah, I for me that it it is blocking time in my calendar for to kind of two retros you know retrospectives personally. I know the, the last thing that high achievers want to do is take time to sit and just stare out the window. They want to do something and they think like sitting, reflecting time isn't doing something. But I literally, I think that the biggest thing when I'm coaching people individually in their businesses is mm. I make them put on their calendar, you know, time for two things. One is I mentioned like literally asking yourself, what could I be wrong today? Doesn't mean that you are wrong. It's just taking that time to even realize, gosh, what could I be? wrong so that they're when you're asking that question you're you're usually aware of you'll 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 pay more attention to those things as they come up during the day about you know that could come up and that second thing is who's in your team or support structure that can help you identify those things that we just talked about very interesting and and the retrospective how how much how much time do you put aside yourself for that that looking back and the and the thinking you mentioned what what would you recommend so, people Look at I, I sometimes take only 30 seconds, probably no more than 90 seconds every morning, just thinking about what could I be wrong about today? Right. As far as identifying who's on my team, almost, you know, probably 60 seconds or, or to, to five minutes of every meeting I have with somebody that works for me or that's my mentor. Fantastic. Great, great top tip. Thank you for that. Let's go to question six. One valuable free resource. Where could we direct people to that are going to find out more about your work and I know you, you're big on servant leadership. So where, where can they go to find out more about this? Yeah, so I wrote a, I have a guide on my website that's free to anyone. And so if they go to just kurtyula.com slash MTI, it'll direct them to that, that free guide to servant leadership and help them figure out some of those things that we, we talked about. Fabulous. And question seven, sir, we've got 50 seconds left. What's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? Is there anything else in my life that helps me keep on track for growing my business? And drum roll the answer. Yes. I have two things that I do every one every day and one every week. So when I do a da daily office, I, I don't spend a lot of time. I just spend two to five minutes max every day, just 
disconnecting and refocusing on my faith in God and what's important life-wise, business-wise. That's hugely important because I get too distracted with busy. And the other is a weekly recap where I usually take about 30 minutes to go, what did I get done? What do I need to change so that I can accomplish things next week? Great anchor points. Kurt, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.